Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and we watch Time Cop, a movie about a time cop. Parker, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, anything, what would you tell yourself? Doesn't get better, buddy. (laughs) Just fucking pull the ripcord now. Oh, man. I tell myself to watch Time Cop. Because it was uh, that's also that yeah it could ex- it would explain a lot like what I'm hey buddy you got a rough couple decades but you can see Godzilla on the big screen so you know you just gotta fight through it a couple times wait until you move to a place that has an Alamo draft house oh man yeah. okay so uh, let's start things off do we have any news so Oscar fever no shit about the Oscars <laughs> uh, I didn't watch any of them either. Why would you? Exactly. I, I don't understand why people like these so much. I think the best part about it is apparently Bong Joon-ho was streaming it like, oh, it's nice to win one of your little local awards here. It's real cute. <laughs> like, imagine the fact that he's not taking it seriously when fucking James Gordon and Rebel Wilson come out dressed as fat cats. Like, if, why would you take it seriously? If I won that Oscar and had to share that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't accept it. Be like, ah, keep the dance never, ever forgive them the rest of my life. Yeah. So... You know they're making a sequel to Knives Out, because why wouldn't they? Hell yeah. So I did some thinking about this, and I found what it needs. Are you? Did you ever see the Murder on the Orient Express, the Brainout version? No, I saw the 1975 version. But you remember the trailers at least, right? Oh yeah, I definitely remember the trailers with the mustache and everything. So that's, all, that's what I'm saying here. All you need to make Daniel Craig's character absolutely perfect, you just copy-paste that mustache onto him close your eyes and tell me that doesn't just complete the whole package for you <sighs> right that did things for me it's the one change we need i don't care what else the story is just another family whatever but <laughs> give him that kind of facial hair that's five stars right oh, there man what if he was on a train though <sighs> my goodness we're breaking new ground what if josh gad was one of the people on the train for some reason i think the best tweet i saw was i think josh gad is just like the alan smithy for actors <laughs> That's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Any other news? Do you remember that movie that was going to come out last year called The Hunt? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think I did. It was That was the one where they're uh, are they hunting conservatives? Or is it yeah. the other way around? Oh, they're hunting conservatives. I don't remember. It looked like shit. Yeah. But it's finally coming out next month. <laughs> the writer, Damon Lindelof, friend of the show, was asked <laughs> about it. And he said... This is not a dangerous movie. This is not a provocative movie. This is not a divisive movie. None of us were interested in taking sides. Wow, sick. Can't wait to see it. You know, that's that's the kind of bravery that I really like from true artists. You know, both sides are a little extreme. Sick. Thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks for saving me 90 minutes. Uh, I just want to say two things. One, I lindle off every night. It's apparently good for you. And the other thing about it is that... demons out. (laughs) It's out. Exactly. (gasps) It's a drawing board. 
the other thing about uh, this movie is I have a feeling we're not going to watch this for the podcast because everyone else is going to do it. They're going to make shitty jokes about it. It'll be a bit of an overflow. It's one of those things that Alex has been predicting with like a bunch of people who watch the movie and they have to get their vitriolic takes out before anyone else does. And that's how they gain fame because they write up this 3,000 word review about how awful the hunt is. Look forward to hearing about it from me in four months when I catch it on demand and go, that kind of sucked. Check it out, folks. And the last bit, just to crush your spirits, HBO wants to do a Parasite TV series starring Mark Ruffalo. I, I, Suck a dick. <laughs> I saw that it was Mark Ruffalo was going to be in it. They have to get the most boring fucking actor. <laughs> what, what, is, what is he going to play? Like he's, no he's gonna play the the Trevor who gets fired because he has three lines and that's all he ever says to me. He just mumbles everything. Fucking worthless. I, I feel like this is a case of someone asking like, "Do you want to do more with Parasite?" And be like, "Oh yeah, I could do like a TV show or something." And then a million headlines ran, and now this is where we are. I mean, there's that Mark Mark Ruffalo, starring in a in Parasite, with his twenty five million dollar homes. That totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, great, sick. I, okay, you know, apparently Bong Joon-ho is going to be, like, actually involved in this sort of thing, but Bong, we don't need this. We can do the subtitles. Just give us a chance. Don't treat us like Sir, we're stupid, even though we I are. I don't read films, okay? First of all. I watch films, like Time Cop. Yeah. <laughs> the good news is everyone that I've talked to who's seen Parasite, uh, they actually really liked it. Which is good, because I was a little bit concerned. There's always, like, one detractor who's like, what's that good? Like, apparently Ben Shapiro didn't like Parasite very much. Go figure. Because uh, he is one. <laughs> <laughs> fucking size of Wow. Anti-Semitic. Get Brett Stevens on. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, we're doing tropes again, folks. Yeah. I hate to see it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's one of the nice things about it, winning uh, Best Picture, is, you know, everyone seemed to like that movie. There hasn't been one person who watched it and was just like, it wasn't that good. Look for my think piece in the New York Times. <laughs> oh, fucking Neil Britton, the guy from Chappelle show, being like, yo, I mean, how are they parasites? I mean, they pay the people. Fucking owns. How, how could he not possibly understand? Okay. That's... Money rots your brain, and that's why... Which is weird, because like, my brain is perfectly smooth, and yet I am dirt poor, so yeah. <laughs> figure that one out, liberals. I think that's one of the things where you brought it up in the Burley Review. It's nice to have a movie that's, uh, that, that really is very subtle and doesn't have a message or anything. really has yeah, to make I'm it think and work for it. I'm tired of trying to put together these puzzle pieces. I just want to watch a movie. Yeah, what are you trying to tell me, Bong Juno? I, I don't know what to think here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that, that's the thing is like I did warn you that there were going to be a lot of people who would uh, come out and say after they watched it was like it's actually about capitalism and luckily we didn't get anyone people just sort of <laughs> implicitly know it's just like oh it's kind of it's like right there <laughs> so uh, I'm very happy that that didn't happen I was, I was wrong and I'm happy to admit I'm wrong okay do we have any jerks of the week Parker? I sure do alright let's hear it oh fuck I can't believe you've done this I have a headline to read to you oh no Cheap pizza chain founder Papa John Schnatter revealed he didn't actually eat 40 pizzas in 30 days, as he previously claimed. What, what do Dead I have to, to believe in? Fucking, what is the point? Why am I waking up tomorrow? Or the next day? Or the next day? Trick question. The answer is Kong versus Godzilla, and then after that I'm flatlining. But other than that, like, yeah. what the fuck? You, you know, you believe in someone? How? They say don't meet your heroes, I guess. Yeah. Did we ever meet? We could probably get him on the podcast. Can you imagine? I him talking. Fairly confident. Boy, the pizzas that I've eaten, boys. 
There's so much sweat. He is speaking <laughs> all that grease just starting to seep out of his pores. I'm just Holy recording shit. TikToks in his kitchen, just like 60 box pizza. Me and the crew here, keeping him well fed. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Something sinister's going on. There's like four dudes in the background with their arms crossed. Oh it's real king shit. John, oh if you're listening, goodness. we will watch whatever you want. What do you think his favorite movie is? Oh, my God. Well, are we uh, pre or post that uh, conference call that got him fired? Because <laughs> that colors my opinion. <laughs> I have a feeling, yeah, his favorite movie probably changed. The first time, it was probably the Beverly Hillbillies movie. And after that, I don't know, probably the pest. Oh, now, that leads into my jerk of the week. Oh, uh, now, we've mentioned that we have a number of fans of the podcast. Shout out to SonicFan91. Um, but <laughs> I love him. We also have a, a more high-profile fan. Uh, one that is fairly well known as a film critic, and it's clear that he's been listening to our episodes. Uh, his name is Doug Walker. Uh, he oh, has, fuck you. <laughs> he has. He has I'm a jerk of the week is you for making me think of Doug Walker. <laughs> now his latest review is Birds of Prey, but apparently before oh, that me. he you just did. A, pay me. He just did a review of Con Air, and before that he did a review oh. of The Pest. This guy, and of course, right, is this Skywalker and Venom. All this guy does is just rip us off. I'm sick of it. There is no competition we could have in which he could force me to watch that Birds of Prey review. <laughs> I I will quit the show. I will, will not do it. Parker, That's not happening. It's 19, Alex, on the other hand. It's 19 minutes long. What the fuck? How much <laughs> could there be? To, how many skit? Oh, I'm starting to black out. Parker, would you like to watch a video that's 25 minutes long on Beverly Hills Chihuahua? It has skits. Oh. <laughs> okay, so sorry I'll to never hurt. be as successful as him, and it's going to be the thing that kills me. That or diabetes. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what happens when keeping it woke goes wrong. <coughs> Listen, you communist son of a bitch! Something really annoying happened. Uh, there is someone who talked about, okay, for the Oscars, I can't believe I'm talking about it this much. I'm very mad about that. Uh, Taika Waititi's adaptation of Jojo Rabbit won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, this got a lot of news because he is indigenous. I don't know what that means. Uh, apparently Greta Gerwig was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Little Women. I'm writing a piece about that right now. Uh, it's not so much a review of Little Women, it's about the original author of Little Women, which no one seems to know. Um, and people were really mad that a woman didn't get the award for best adapted screenplay, but people defend and say, "Oh, it's okay," because an indigenous an indigenous person got the award for best adapted screenplay, and no one here is talking about which one was the better adapted screenplay. <laughs> no one seems to care. It's all. I mean, I hate to get political on this show, but this is like the worst of identity politics, where no one actually cares about the movie anymore. They just care about who's getting the award and what looks better for. Uh, minorities, people of color, whatever. No one cares about the movies. No one seems to care anymore. I, I think they're using it as a cudgel against each other instead of focusing on the most important thing, which is Kong versus Godzilla coming out quarter four this year. And also, these fucking feminist liberals ruining <laughs> birds of prey. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, just, you know, self-care is important, you know, mental health awareness. But if you're one of those people who records those YouTube videos, seriously consider looking into not being alive anymore. Yeah, just here's a good idea. If you want to make a film review, don't upload it to YouTube. 
Just write also, it down. just just watch any other movie. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's plenty of movies. I genuinely don't understand. I guess it's the flip side of keeping it what goes wrong. I don't understand what goes through minds of someone who sees Harley Quinn in uh, Birds of Prey and says, "Oh, I can't jack off to her now. How am I going to watch this movie?" Like, How am I supposed to imagine her stepping on me? Great, <laughs> thanks. You get a female director behind the camera, and all of a sudden, yeah. I can't yeah. pound it in the theater. Thanks for nothing. Okay, let's move on to what we watched. Parker, I watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Fuck oh, you. Oh, fuck, I'm so sorry I forgot I did that. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite joke, Did buddy? you enjoy the Super Bowl? Did you at least have any fun watching it? You get to watch Patrick Mahomes? Through a stupid Noah passes, it's bad fundamentals. So many nachos during that game. God, I was in a fucking queso blackout for the third quarter. It was bad times. So this but is one time. of those things where I guess it would be better if I had Alex on. And Alex, when you eventually listen to this, bear with what I'm about to say. <laughs> Noted Kevin Smith. Fans, yeah, Alex. <laughs> I, I don't quite understand Kevin Smith, and I don't need an explainer on him. But I just don't get him. I, I guess he became, like, a director's first movie was Clerks. I saw Clerks once, and I wasn't really paying attention. It was at a friend's birthday party. It was sort of on in the background. I thought, that's eh, okay. I don't know. Uh, like that Jay and Silent Bob guys. They're really great. I can't wait to see them in another movie. Oh, sorry. My uh, flashbacks to Nam there for a second. Then he had other movies. I remember there was uh, Chasing Amy. I didn't see it. Mall Rats. I didn't see it. Uh, Jersey Girl. I did see it. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way I was expecting that list to go. Yeah, you know, the weird thing is I didn't want to see Jersey Girl, but I was, uh, it was after a football game. I was stuck on a bus coming home, and it was one of those uh, charter buses. It was like, oh, sh- sh- look at this. I got God it. Damn. There's a movie on. Usually we would put on one of two movies. We'd either put on Rocky, because it makes you, you know, pumped up for the game, or Remember the Titans, because it makes you pumped up for the game. It's a good call. Uh, and for some reason, when I rode on the way up, uh, my dad was riding with me because uh, he was the uh, official videographer for the team. They put on Mean Girls. And uh, oh, that's man. that's a really good movie. And the guys, Correct. Guys, guys certainly liked it. Uh, my dad actually ended up loving that movie. He's like, that movie's fantastic. Lindsay Lohan's got the world on a string. Uh, something. Folks, like you that. hate to see yeah. it. And then they showed Jersey Girl on the way back, and my dad had absolutely nothing to say about it. So do it I. It must really suck to like have a football game end and then have to watch a Kevin Smith movie. Has some sort of retribution for we it. We ended up winning that game too. But anyway, uh, did you though? I mean, the yeah. long run. I was the one with Ben Tate, if I remember correctly. Anyway, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I I didn't. I don't have anything to say about Jersey Girl. As for Jay and Silent Bob, I then watched the Jay and Silent Bob movie. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I guess. Uh, it was okay. Remember that clip? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a movie I've seen a dozen times in my t- high school years. Oh, Don't even worry about it. Remember that clip joke? I'm the you said joke clip. singular, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, remember the Scooby-Doo appearance? <sighs> then I saw Clerks 2. I remember seeing Clerks 2 when I was in college, and I happened to enjoy it, actually. Uh, I was dating a girl at the time who... Uh, really liked it and we sort of bonded over that movie i was like oh there's there's you know some funny stuff in there i do not want to rewatch this i I really don't want to revisit it i i am scared of what it will bring i uh, other kevin smith movies i'll text alex (laughs) i have not seen dogma uh this is important this will come up later (laughs) 
Uh, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I have also not seen Cop Out. Uh, I mean, I did see Cop Same. Out. Sorry, never mind. I did see Cop Out in oh, theaters, fuck. actually. Oh, you tricked me into admitting Sorry. it. Oh, jeez. Cop Out is makes... genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, it, it is just awful in every regard. Apparently, it was hell to make. Apparently, Bruce Willis and, and uh, Kevin Smith do not get along. So, uh, in fact... You don't say. <laughs> Hey, I'm a big fan. Did you read Green Lantern? No, if and I he just if, if I remember, pie faces him. no, if I remember correctly, Kevin Smith tweeted something about it at the time. He said, "Between Bernie, Bruce Willis, my wife's brown area, uh, <laughs> I am just having a general chump fuckery of a day, a crumulent chump fuckery of a day." Stop doing, Kevin this. Needy Drinky. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, right, and I didn't watch. I think he did uh, what Zach and Mary make a porno or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I've seen it. Ask me a single thing that I've, happened. I got nothing. For I, it. I didn't. I didn't watch. I had no idea. Uh, I, I think the only other one that comes to my mind is this is my dad yelling him from the other room. Uh, hey, Chris, remember him in Live Free or Die Hard? Yeah, he was an actor, Dad, not a director, so it doesn't count. Okay. Does, that was my dad's it, favorite part of the movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you a big fan of the Fet? <laughs> Hang on. My dad pointed the screen. That's you, Chris. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Your dad's favorite part of Die Hard the Fourth. Okay, actually, Kevin's okay, fa- okay, okay, okay. It's the second favorite part. The favorite part is you just threw a car at a helicopter. I ran out of bullets. I want to talk to your dad. <laughs> I want to pick his brain for a while. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Can he so, guest on next week's episode no, no, on Live for Your Die Hard? There's a reason that I bring up all these Kevin Smith movies as I realize that uh, we're about almost 20 minutes in here. It's This takes place in the View Askewniverse, which I don't like saying out loud. Uh, he references a lot of his other movies in here. Most of these references went over my head. I had to look them up afterwards. Uh, there's a scene right in the like between the first and second act where it's just it's just dogma. It's uh, Matt Damon is sitting in a church in a pew. He turns around and looks at the camera. And he says, "Oh hi, I'm Matt Damon from Dogma. Here's where I've been the last few years. I did blah blah blah. And remember that Alanis Morissette played God. Isn't that weird? I'm like, I no, not really. Um, Kevin Smith. How do I say this? Should not have ever lost all that much weight." I ordinarily I'm totally I'm you know me I'm a fitness guy I tell everyone you should get in shape it's important it's for your health and everything but he looks so unsettling without all the pounds on and he keeps making the same face and I can't do the face because we're not doing camera things because look at the way I'm dressed but goodness it's the same face you know with the with the eyes popping out that's his only reaction to anything and that's one of the problems with the movie, and it's one of the really big problems. Do you remember when uh, Whitest Kids You Know started to sort of go downhill? Boy, do I ever. Yeah, and it was their overuse of reaction shots. It's just like, oh, this wacky thing is happening. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's not That's not funny. That's He's just making a stupid face now. And they do this for everything, for every single joke in the movie. There's a stupid little, huh? like, wow, did he just say that? You can't get away with that in a movie. Uh and the thing is, the movie tries to be very meta. The, I, I guess the sort of idea is that uh, Jason Mewes and Kevin... I mean, it's Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, 
are coming back and I guess I want to make another movie or something. I wasn't paying attention. And uh, they they go to a comic book store and they're just like, how are we going to do this? They don't own they own our names, but we can't do this. Oh, we'll make a reboot. What's the difference between a reboot and a remake? And it feels like a grandfather talking to me. Just like, oh, yeah, used to my smartphone here. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Everyone from his old movies comes back. Even, I'm pretty sure the, the kid from Jersey Girl comes back. I know Brad Pitt, or not Brad Pitt, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy, the other one I don't like. Ben, ben Affleck? Ben Affleck, yeah, that guy. <laughs> he comes back. I don't know why. Uh, they, have the, they have the girl from Chasing Amy, and I knew her immediately because of that voice. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you'll never forget it. That's yeah, for sure. Sends a chill up your spine, doesn't it? Um, oh, what else they have? Oh yeah, they briefly have uh, the guys from Clerks, as if anyone could possibly care about that. They're making a third one, apparently. Uh, oh god. So here's the most. Ins- I know my retribution is around the corner. Yeah, but basically, Kevin Fuck. Smith stars in himself. He also casts his idiot daughter in this, who can't act. Uh, I don't know why she there, and they do a whole lot of meta jokes. And there's one point where they say, "Who would even want to watch us in a third movie?" And they both slowly look at the camera. And can you imagine being in that theater? Everyone's wearing like a hockey jersey and like saying "snoochy boochies" and stuff. People cheer like, "Oh, I like your movie, still, Kevin Smith." Let me tell you something. Kevin Smith fans will love this movie. That's both the most insulting thing I can say about this movie and the most insulting thing I can say about Kevin Smith fans. Now, I want to make something clear because I've been really hard. I don't hate Kevin Smith. I don't even think he's a bad writer. I don't think he's a bad director. I think he's a genuinely really funny person. Do you remember the time where he was like on stage? He was talking about the time that he met Prince. Oh, trust me. Yeah. I remember it well. That's that's like a really genuinely funny thing. Turns out Kevin Smith is a funny person. It might be one of those M. Night Shyamalan things where he's just a better actor than he is as a writer and director because he has very real comedic timing. And that's really important. But I don't know that he's had an original idea since, well, Jersey Girl. Which, you know, everyone loved. Yeah, I remember. Critical acclaim. I do not remember much of that movie. I don't want to remember. PG thirteen drama about sad dad Ben Affleck driving home from a football game. And the other thing about the movie uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot is that uh, it does have, I guess, ultimately a pretty good message about being a father for your daughter and how important that is. And you can tell it's it's sort of subtly aimed at as always, like you are so important to me. And I can tell that he loves his daughter, not enough to give her a real name, but I can tell that he has genuine affection for her. He's very happy that he had her. And I like seeing that. I like seeing a, uh, a happy couple. I like seeing a happy family. I really do. I don't hate Kevin Smith. I'm sure that at least one of his movies has to be good. Law of Averages says it. But... I, I can't get into just about any of them. And if you like his stuff, that's fine. Stay far away from me. Um, I, I decided I would uh, pair this with a very similar movie called The, Brand, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ooh, yeah. What do you think of that? It's not at all similar to Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> I mean, I've seen it. I'm curious what your take is. Uh, I love it. Uh, I thought it was very, very well done. And do you remember when I told you that the first Wes Anderson movie I had ever seen, or the only one at that point, uh, was Isle of Dogs? Um, oh my god, that's right. That's correct. Yeah, and I really, really liked it. If you recall, I uh, that's right. Love the way it looks. Uh, I loved everything. Even I've seen Grand Budapest Hotel, and I'm stupid. <laughs> so it was very nice seeing. It's like, oh, all his movies look like that, and I still like it. I, I really do. And he really does lend that 
credence to the theory that an auteur is one of those guys where you can look at a single frame of his movies and immediately know, oh, it's Wes Anderson. And boy, howdy, that is exactly what this movie is. There's a lot of shots for just like, oh yeah, this is it's a very Wes Anderson thing. And one of the things I like about it so much is the editing, because there's a lot of points where the editing tells the joke. And it's like, this is trying to tell you this is a funny scene because of the way that the camera is tilted, because of the way that it's it's edited, and the cut here, the cut here, and the cut here. It really all works together. And I, I like it a lot for that reason. And it actually has a really nice subtle message. I think that the message is more or less, it's not so much about solving the mystery and how you know, one of these things can drive you over time. I think it's more about looking back to the past because the movie has numerous points was gonna be uh, looking back. I, I think that it's about nostalgia for an earlier time. It's, you know, supportive and critical of it. It's, it sort of revels in the fun and excitement of yesteryear. It sort of like gets right down into the archaic. And that's why you get like that aspect ratio, you know, the way that it looks like that. And I happen to enjoy that. But it's also kind of like critical of looking back because you, you see the older guy is like, why is he keeping this hotel open at all? Is it like nostalgia or, or what? Is he happy? Is he fulfilled? Because we never really get that answer. But maybe we're not supposed to. Maybh we're just supposed to see the story. And I, I kind of like that. I just thought it was really out of place when Matt Damon showed up and recounted what happened between <laughs> the opening of the hotel and the end of Dogma. You have to understand, it all takes place in the same universe. <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel is in the Viewaskewiverse. Oh. It's right in the middle of Jersey. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like someone. Stuff. Well, I don't know why people have to do this because someone made the made a claim that oh, all of what what if all of Wes Anderson's movies take place in uh, the same shared universe? I'm like, I don't care. Why would what I? What if they bump into your friends from the other movies? That's so I say stupid. as I've seen every Marvel movie. That's why he has to put Jay and Silent Bob in every single movie. It's just like no, they liked it because they were funny drug dealers from the first movie. You know that's. But what if they sell drugs to all the characters? Yeah. Actually, that's not the worst idea yeah. in the world. Is Scream Three in this view of Skinniverse? I don't want to be answered. I've got an academic paper to write for you. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. Gee, you're so kind. Okay, snoochie uh, boochies. I, what is that? What what does snoochie boochies mean? I'm sure there's an answer, but I truly did not want to be the one to find it. All right, Parker. Uh, I rewatched Little Women. I have a question for you. Who wrote the book? Some short broad doesn't even have big feet, okay. capable of crushing me. <laughs> the, you Chris, and you many others who, are the you reason. Can ask me. Who wrote most books? I'm not going to have an answer for you. I'm a bad test case. You and others are the reason why I'm writing this stupid article. Is so. it R.L. Stein? No, Other than that, I got fucking sorry. nothing for you, buddy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Parker, I'm going to ask you a question that I get asked a lot. Okay? There's no wrong answer. No. Just, oh, no. <laughs> just answer this question as best you can. Cut or uncut? Uh... Oh man, uh, you know it's it's just hasn't been used recently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that it is uncut because I watched Uncut Gems. God, finally, yeah, Uncut Gems was uh, very, very, very good. Holy shit, the Safdie brothers, like Correct. you said, they can make like three bad movies in a row and they still have the goodwill built up because this was so good. <laughs> it's I want to watch it again real bad. But also, I don't know if my weak heart can take it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it is so stressful. And speaking of someone who's never really bet on sports in their life, oh my god, when he starts betting on the tip-off, holy shit! Like, 
As soon as he said it, I leaned over my girlfriend. I'm like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And she's like, "I don't know. Like, you know, you you don't understand." I there were everything of, ends right here. There were a lot of moments where I, I just ended up really rooting for him. I'm like, I want them to win, not just because it's the Celtics, but it's like I want him to hit on this. I I do like this character, even though he does these dumbass things. I I want him to hit, and I think the movie. I don't know if the movie's making something clear, but it maybe it is. Maybe there's something supernatural about betting. Maybe there is some sort of power. Maybe that stone that they got from African Jews. Uh, the, the movie uses those words, not me. Uh, maybe that does have some sort of power. Maybe that did make KG beat up on the on the Philadelphia Phillies. So, <clears throat> I just want to know what your reaction was when Mike Francesa shows up. <laughs> looking like that. Uh, I thought he had a worse right hand than the Donald Trump. It's I don't so I, I don't even usually make those jokes, but it was really noticeable. <laughs> it was a real case of like that can't be him, right? right. He started talking. It's like, what the fuck? How did I not know about I think this? my biggest problem is that like you know like one of those uh the heavies, the uh the sharks was uh you know, was chasing him around the entire movie. One of them looked just like an aged Joe Theismann. And I kept thinking, it was like, he... <laughs> yes, he did. Thank you. I looked him up because, like, I've seen this motherfucker. I don't know where. Right. He's the one who said Danny Woodcock. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right? Oh, that's a... Speaking of all time videos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's the thing a lot of people have commented on the ending, it's often is, uh, very abrupt. People said the same thing about Parasite. I don't think they got it. Uh, but here's the thing about the ending you had to have seen it coming, right? Like, if you yeah. lock someone in that room, if you lock me in that room, I, I gotta blow your brains out, dude. That's like. I only got my DS, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's really good. But, like I mentioned when I brought up last time, like, they recorded Adam Sandler talking through that entire game. We have to. And I want that footage so badly. Oh that's all I've ever wanted. I have to admit. If I had to sit there and watch a Celtics game just hearing him talk, I wouldn't mind being locked in that room. Seven rebounds, baby, just for like three and a half. Oh, hours. he missed that one. He's going to get the next to... one, though. <laughs> I, if that's not on the DVD, yeah. what do we do? Yeah. Okay. So I really like the soundtrack. The soundtrack to me is oh, incredible, yeah. and just like it was a good time. Which uh, I want to talk about this real quick. Is uh, remember where I said like good time is a very relatable movie, and it makes you uncomfortable that it's relatable. <laughs> I related to the other main character. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas uh, Uncut Gems, I, I don't have a lot of relation to this because I've never been in any kind of real debt, uh, and I, I don't bet on sports, so it's it's hard for me to relate. But I still felt stressed out by it, which is good on their part. I wondered what have I been through that was really stressful. If I could do a Safety Brothers movie, I guess I'm, I'm actually thinking about my uh, my years in high school because. I never really did my homework. I was always like doing it the period before it was due, and then I have to focus on that. But there's also, you know, the cute girls looking at her. How do I get her number? And then, you know, you got wrestling practice, and oh shit, I have to wrestle off Roger Torres today. He's the best guy in Puzzle High School history. And then I get home, and dad is there. So that's. And he's, he's using up the TV, <laughs> but like, this is the episode where Nambic's going to blow up. I have to get to the TV. If I miss it, I'm the fucking laughing stock of that lunchroom, so I like, might as well just fucking kill myself. Dad, please, you said. You said, what do you mean the game's running long? And that's life, man. That's life. Okay, Dad, finally, the game's over. Can you please just. No, I don't want to watch Huckabee. Come on. The Dragon Balls were the true Uncut Gems all along, making dreams yeah. come true. Uh, what else do I love about Uncut Gems? Okay, there's a particular shot. Everything. I know I shouldn't like this so much, but I love it. It's uh, He's seeing his mistress, 
and he's waiting oh. in her closet. <laughs> I that really scene. like that scene. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to venture so far as to say, oh, it's sweet, they're lovers. But it's the way that it's shot, because his sunglasses are so dark against the blackness that it looks like a shot from Leon the Professional. It's so good. <laughs> I'm gonna come! <laughs> there's, there's not just that, movie. but it's also like every single time he looks down at his phone, that's funny. They know that this is a dark comedy, and they're shooting it so well as a dark comedy. I love that shit. Uh, you know the other thing about it, this is gonna sound weird. It's actually not that bad of a romance. It's you can tell that they have some real issues between them, and he has some obviously some real issues between him and his wife. He's just trying to to find what romance is going to work for him. He needs someone. He needs something, but he's not sure who is actually going to stick by him. And for all his yelling and shouting, and for all her sleeping with the weakened, which I don't know how to say because he he doesn't have the e in there, so I have to say weakened. So. Despite her oh, sleeping with a weakened guy, uh, he... I'm a weakened guy. <laughs> <laughs> they still get back together. And I wanted them to get together. I wanted them to end up together, and then they fly to Acapulco or whatever. They just live there for the rest of their lives, I guess. Uh, they don't have to see Mike Francesca again. Which, by the way, fuck you, Mike Francesca. How dare you cancel the bet? Right? <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, fuck. I mean him, but running, I say my, yeah. fuck my Francesca at all times. Yeah, that like serially dishonest. Just admit that you screwed up a take. Come on, but I, there's so many moments where you're just you're entirely on the side for uh, a lot of the moments where it's just like, how did you screw this sort of thing up? Or like, well, how come they're underbidding his gem? I know it's his fault because he should have got it to them sooner or had his own appraiser or anything like that, but. Look at all the stress in his life. He has to get there for his kid's uh, uh, play, which, by the way, I have to admit, you know you got a real keeper when you can emerge uh, nude from your own trunk and she's just doesn't have anything to say and walks back inside. <laughs> she's just fucking over she's, it. Uh, whatever, I don't care. Doesn't even want to yeah. know. <laughs> I have to admit, it was kind of nice for me. He was like, yeah, you can punch me if you want. And she takes a pop at him and misses up her. She's like, oh, almost got you. It's just like, oh, I can tell they're together. You know? It's kind of nice. Uh... I, I have to admit, when he's talking to KG, he talks about betting again. Uh, it was a very much a no, 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 yes, 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 more more of this. Cause it went, and that leads up to that immoral line. And I really like that line, even though it's been memefied to death. This is how I win. I really like that. Look, look, that whole scene. Yeah. Like, I watched the movie like, a couple weeks ago. Like, we were in the middle of the playoffs. It, it was a lot of restraint was using that moment. Like, fuck yeah, dude, this is how we win. Fuck Put it all on the Titans, baby. Let's do this. I had to stop myself. The biggest team in the NFL. <laughs> Look, I know Chapo Trap House isn't for everyone. Please don't yell at me. But the Safties were on it a couple weeks ago, and it's really, really, really good. Oh, really? I could listen to them tell stories for a long time. They have, because like all those people that aren't like Adam Sandler, them are just dudes they found in New York, and they have a lot of interesting stories about a lot of them. Apparently this it's is like very their dream much project. This is the one that they were working on for a really long time. And uh, they made good time just to be like, hey, we could probably write something for Robert Pattinson. And they write one of the best Robert Pattinson movies I've ever seen. Probably the best. Now, now it's like, yeah, they have a full blit, like free pass. Yeah. I'll see whatever it's, the it's, name's it's, on. For me, it's the same thing with Park Chan-wook. They can make whatever movie they want at this point. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend Uncut Gems. But for all my brothers out there who are cut, there is a different movie for you. <laughs> I watched One Cut of the Dead. Oh my god, I forgot you hadn't seen it. This is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. It's so good, this, right? I love this so much. Thank you for telling me like, not, to, not to read anything about it when I went in. 
Like, as you realize what's going on, like, the end of that movie almost brought a tear to my eye. Right? It just made me so happy. The, like, the, it's like so the scene beautiful. of the, like, the very end, it's a brief shot of the director looking in the camera and just sort of smiling sort of sheepishly, like, yep, that's how we did it. I'm like, I'm so glad you did, man. I really am. Yeah, I fucking love that movie yeah, so much. Yeah, it is, seriously, it's one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. It is up there with Paranorman and Planet Terror. It it, it should set, like, the goals here. Everyone should see it. If you like movies if you like not just like movies but making movies this is why i like ed wood this is why i like dolomite is my name i i really like the idea of seeing how the movie is made uh exception made for disaster artists but it, it i thought it was which is a fine enough movie i just think the book is better but it's so interesting to see how they do all this stuff so i read more about it and i don't it, it feels so weird because i i feel like i shouldn't say anything about it because if everyone if you're listening to this and i know you are Please watch One Cut of the Dead. It is so, so good. I, I don't want to give anything away, but I'll, I'll put it to you like this. Uh, this helps a bit. Please, A, don't go into it like reading the synopsis before. But Parker, you told me that too. And I, I went into it, and unfortunately I did see a very brief snippet. Someone said what the plot is about. And the, the idea was uh, a bunch of people try to make a zombie movie. And then suddenly things go awry and things change. I'm like, oh, I know what happens. They get attacked by real zombies. They keep trying to make the movie while it goes on. I'm like, of course that's what happens. That That is the first act. This movie has a three-act structure. And uh, once you see it, like, oh, that's kind of early. What, what are they going to do? By the way, that first act, that whole thing, actually was shot in one take. So take that, 1917. <laughs> uh, for Alex if he's listening One Cut of the Dead is better than 1917 because it has less nationalism and less uh, less Trump fans I guess sick of politics <laughs> in my movies man quit yeah, glorifying war exactly jeez people act I'm so sick of period pieces all these straight white males all over the place how about Japanese guys anyway straight white Japanese males <laughs> alright so uh, that whole zombie movie that little zombie short that 30 minutes is fantastic I love it so much. I was just like, wow, this is great. I would totally just watch this again. Good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that and Dolomite's my name. I think I watched them very close together. Oh, Those two are, are what I love about Those movies. are 1A1P, man. About just, just people with, they don't have the funds, but like, it is their goal. They're going to do it no matter what. They will assemble whatever the fuck they have to throw together. No matter what is thrown in their way. Oh, God. I'm That's the thing, is like to the idea that you could do that 30 minutes, not only 30 minutes all in one take is hard enough, apparently it took them several days to get it right, but 30 minutes live? I've, I've worked in live television before, That is, I still work in live television, it is so <laughs> incredibly difficult to do something like that, and to see how the meat gets made, oh man, I loved it so, so much, I was laughing hysterically, I had such a good time, the, the music is great and everything, I can't believe I'm saying this. I like this a lot more than I like Parasite. And I loved Parasite. <laughs> I oh, know yeah. they're not similar movies. I, had a smile I think on it's my stupid face to compare movie. them and everything. But, oh, they're both East Asian movies. It's like, no, it's just... If you're going to talk about a, a really good foreign movie, boy, One Cut of the Dead is one of the best Japanese movies I've ever seen. And I've seen almost everything that Akira Kurosawa has directed. So, please... Please watch One Cut of the Dead. I love this movie to death. Even if you don't like zombie movies, you'll like this movie. I promise you this, okay? Please. If neither of us would just come on and go, guys, this zombie movie, you have to see it. Unless we meant it. No, Parker. Same for Alex. Yeah. Parker. Ooh. 
Bad news. Oh, uh, I watched one other movie. Oh, no. Is it cut or uncut? <laughs> no, it doesn't uh, Doesn't apply to any of those. Uh, oh, I, I would like to uh, send you the poster for this. Oh, why did you do that? Oh. I didn't even do that to you. Why? Parker, and for everyone listening at home, I, I saw it. I was just like... Well, Jay and Silent Bob reboot can't be the worst movie of 2019. There has to be something worse. So I watched Loquisha. Oh. Now, I, I have a bad habit of when I talk about movies. I sometimes don't give you the entire plot. I, I should do that for this movie. I should tell you what happens oh, in Loquisha. No. <laughs> so, what is the guy's name? I don't even remember the guy's name. Uh, this guy is uh, this white straight white male is uh, I think it's Jeremy we'll call him Jeremy Jeremy is a bartender and he dispenses free life advice and relationship advice and all sorts of advice and people love him for it they revere him as a god he's a bartender so eventually a woman comes in and he kind of he's kind of pretty nasty to her but she's like wow I like the tough love I really appreciate it you should apply to be a DJ on the radio and you can give people advice like freeze your fucking crane and uh, <laughs> he's like, okay, fine, I, I guess I'll do it. And he applies. And uh, she thinks he's great, but he doesn't get the job. And he's like, man, that's not fair. I bet if I was a woman or a minority, I would have got the job. Uh, but what about Boy. both? So oh, he decides good. to do uh, the voice. He affects the voice and racial accent of... A black woman, uh, specifically one who would probably be named Loquisha, probably overweight. He, it's pretty much vocal blackface. So, I, I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, it's pretty obvious what the immediate problem here is: is that he's pretending not only to be a woman but a black woman too. And he's, it's. I mean, there's there's cultural appropriation, and then there's this. And this is a very uh, Rachel Dolezal moment. But here's where things get really irritating. It's the voice. Because everyone can do in their heads, like, uh, the whatever, I do what I want sort of thing. Oh you know, like the, the Cartman from the South Park did that. Or pretty much, uh, like, the, the sassy black lady that knows the streets. A character from Ghostbusters. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good one. Sorry. Yeah. I was confused. Yeah, there you go. Uh, everyone can do that in their heads. You don't say it out loud. You don't do that. And he does it. But he does it in his own voice. Like, my name is Loquisha. I'm ready to give you advice. But he still sounds like a guy when he's doing it, you know? And everyone is fooled by this. Everyone thinks that this is an actual black woman. It doesn't even sound close. It would have been, I guess a little funny if they had an actual black woman overdub his voice and he could just and people would be like how do you do that he'd be like oh uh years of drinking crystal pepsi i don't know uh something something you know just because the voice is just awful and that gets to another really really serious problem with the movie is the audio editing the audio editing is just dreadful it, there are moments where he clearly overdubs himself he wanted to say iphone but he can't get away with that because he doesn't have a sponsorship deal so he has to overdub it with smartphone uh whatever his son is on screen they have to you can tell that 
all of that dialogue is looped because of the way that each sentence starts and ends. They don't have any sort of like uh, neutral audio in the background at all. Uh, it's really, 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 really bad. Anyway, one person in the entire movie calls him out for being racist. And the rest of the people are like, well, you know, it was pretty brave what you did. And he gets away with it. <laughs> it's pretty brave yeah. of you there is, to pretend to be a black there, There's a moment in the, the movie where he feels like, I feel like I'm developing a second identity with this Loquisha character. How am I able to get away with this? And so at oh one point God. during his radio show, he he has a call-in where he calls himself up for advice. He calls up Loquisha. And he has to go back and forth between his white male voice and his <laughs> black female voice. This is Mrs. Doubtfire horseshit. Parker, Parker, you're laughing. Really it sounds like you would enjoy this. I will open my wrist in the bathtub. So help me God. So anyway, uh, he admits his the wrongdoing. Uh, at some point, he hires an actual black woman uh, to be the loquacia for public appearances. He, oh, I'm just her engineer. And then when they get into the booth, He's the one doling out all the advice and saying all the words in the sassy black lady voice. Anyway, he's like, I, I should probably stop to. Oh, yeah. What's the reason for him doing this? His son wants to go to uh, private school or something. So he has to get the money. Uh, he's perfectly happy being a bartender. Uh, side note, no one has ever been happy being a bartender. Just ever. Even, no matter what cocktail says, no one has ever been happy being a bartender. Uh Anyway, he admits the error of his ways. He goes up to the radio director. He's like, hi, I am Loquisha. And they're like, what? And he has to do the sassy black lady voice to their faces. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, okay, tell me what we'll do. We'll put it up to the listeners. Uh, they'll, they'll have a vote. If they want to keep you, then, uh, you know, 50% more, then you stay on the air. If they want to get rid of you, then you, you can't be on the air anymore. Okay, is that fair? He's like, so it's fair to me. I'm like, yeah, great. No one learns your lesson. Here's the thing, Parker. It's a tie. Now, you remember how ties work. <laughs> oh, fuck, no. <laughs> I thought he was gone. <laughs> now, Parker, he starts his radio show giving out tough love in his white voice. And he says, now it's time for the Loquisha show. And does the, the next hour of his show in the Loquisha <laughs> does, voice. Does Roll he credits. turn around and then turn back and do a different accent? Yes. If LaCroix yes. was here, it might sound a little something like this. Yes, it actually does. Hey. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. I want to. Here's the thing. So the guy who starts in it wrote it and produced it and directed it. Shocker. We got a personal story here. So, and he's a professional comedian. You know, he does stand up stuff like that, and he makes his bread this way. I would like you to imagine two things. One, what his stand up set must be like. Uh. And two, I want you to imagine him alone in his dressing room coming up with the idea for this movie and then pitching it to various executives and the multiple black people who are in this movie who are desperate for acting gigs and will do anything, including star in Loquisha. You know he has some opinions about Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you can feel it. Yeah, uh, he's already come out and said, well, the movie's not about hate. It's just about comedy. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, fine. Oh, yeah, that makes well, it okay. In that case. Yeah. Thank you, Todd <laughs> yeah. Phillips. Fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> no, this one's not Todd Phillips. Was, I think it's Jeremy Seville or something like that. I think he's the guy who raised all the chipmunks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, he looks about as good in the movie as he does on that poster. So... 
<laughs> Which again, awesome. excellent. Oh, I should get the, I should get that poster for you. Put it right next to the uh, um, Ernest Sa- Ernest Goes to Africa poster. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I wonder if you don't have to. Do okay, anything. while you're talking about your movies, I'm going to look up jazz singer posters. Uh, anyway, I would not recommend Loquacia. <laughs> You sure? Yeah. Okay, Parker, what did you watch? I did not watch Loquish. <laughs> See, you know, we've been talking off mic last week about how much we really love murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't specifically mention a murder mystery with cats. However, that's what you assigned me. Oh, uh-oh. Because it's really good. Yeah, oh, like, thank you. I had to... I had to tilt the laptop the other direction. Uh, yeah, I she was, was asleep. Every time she started stirring, us, we're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, don't, please don't roll over when they show that fucking cartoon cat's decapitated head. I can't oh, the, start my day like this. That's the thing. It's like, they start you off light in that movie. It's just a decapitated head. It gets worse. Like, not even five minutes in. They're like, hey, check this shit out. New cat. There's just a cat with throat cut up. And you're like, yeah, old guts are oh, boy, he, was, he wasn't anything. exaggerating, huh? Yeah, uh, I, I was a little concerned about how you would take it. It's been some time since I've seen, although I've watched it several times. You didn't tell me, like, hey, what if a De Palma sex murder mystery, but cats? Yeah, doesn't it work, though? It just, it's so great. Because, so like, when you get to the reveal, that's like, oh, no, they're all looking for cats in heat. Like, and their fucking throats cut up, and you're like, what the fuck is, hey, Germany. Is everything cool over there? I think one of my favorite ones is uh, that sort of bluish cat, the the first girl that he meets. and uh, You could tell she's not really like looking at him. I, I said out loud while I was watching, is she just blind? Oh. Whoopsies. Yeah. Uh, Chris has been canceled. So. Yeah, when it's like, oh, why there's a couple dead cats? And then like 10 minutes later, these cats are just jumping into an electric current to die and go to that cat. Yeah. That, that, like, which, right. by the way, that's not even like the most fucked up part of the movie. I think for me, there are two really, really super fucked up parts. The first <laughs> one is the dream sequence. Where Boy, the, the they put sequence. all the animation in that and oh, shows that <laughs> there's their whole budget. I was like genuinely like having trouble sleeping. I was like, oh god, I really hope she doesn't walk in on him watching the marionette sequence. <laughs> oh, I had eyes on her <laughs> the entire movie. Every time I heard her rumbles, like huh, tilt this way. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the one that I have trouble watching, um, where they put that brain chemical into the back of the cat's head god almighty that is the toughest scene for me to watch it's it's not in there for very long but that's the one where i'm like i was thinking about writing a review of it for turboblog.net please visit turn off adblock but i was like i'd have to put like a trigger warning for the very first time i was like look if if you don't really do well with cats getting fucked up maybe don't watch this movie feel like you somehow undersold it to me about what how fucked up it was or how good it was <laughs> how how quick i mean both yeah. but also just how quickly like it's hard so like the fucking spider-man you sure you want to hear my story it's not a happy one and then two minutes later it's like oh someone ripped this cat's throat open <laughs> like oh shit okay because i don't remember the plot i just remember dead cats i did not realize it was going to be the tale where there's a cat guarding all the cat skeletons, and there's a crazy doctor who just gets shit-faced and puts chemicals in there. Um, yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot going on. So you on can there. notice also that the animation is really, really good. Especially that dream sequence. Oh, that was yeah. a fucking nightmare. It is incredible. It was, I think at the time, the most expensive German movie ever produced, or maybe the most expensive German animated movie, which, what are they comparing it against? Uh, it came out the same year as The Lion King, and I'll, I'm very happy to say this better than The Lion King. So here's the unfortunate thing, is you notice that the the movie has some themes about uh, genetics, 
and uh, how yeah, that is. watching that in German, just seeing this mad doctor experimenting, I'm like, oh, okay. So here's the problem. It's this is actually based on a book uh, that I have upstairs. I haven't read it yet. I'd like to get around to it because I like the movie so much. And uh, the guy who wrote it had some very strong uh, feelings. You do not want to read what he has been writing lately. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it turns out he went full Nazi, so. Huh. I thought they had rules about that over there. So, is the Doctor the sympathetic character? No, it, this is all stuff that he came out, like, afterwards. Uh, I give I mean, that, I mean, watching it in German, as these cats talk about, yeah, this crazy Doctor has just tried to, you know, make the perfect race of cats. You're like, oh, this is... That was the first thing I did today, Chris. <laughs> the rest that was of the how day. my day started. Oh my goodness! Warm cup of Joe and some feline Nazi propaganda. Oh jeez. Well, uh, at least they had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, did you like Much the theme like song? Uncut gems. Did you notice that? Buddy, wait, did they have the theme song by uh, by they Boy sure George? Did. Oh, thanks. It's real good. At least, okay, see, they had a little bit of English in there. So, so I was like, oh, this is in English, and I started talking. I was like, uh, oh, okay, well, there's no other audio track, so I guess this is it for me. That's the thing, is like, I, I first heard about it because I heard the theme song, and I saw it with a poster, and it's such a wonderful poster where he's looking over his shoulder. It's like, boy, that's the theme of the movie right there. I, I like a good murder mystery. This looks fun. Yeah, oh, <laughs> wow. Again, do not watch The Plague Dogs, because I, I think you're more of a I'm dog not going to. Than... It's called The Plague Dogs. Uh, Why would I watch that? Oh, th- that's the thing, man. I, I guess you're more of a dog person than a cat person. I'm a bit of both. Uh, no, nah, I've had cats my yeah. whole life. Uh, yeah, here's the th- Man, it starts off with dogs being drowned on purpose. Why? No. Why would you do this? No, they're... Here, how do I put it? They're drowning, but they don't drown. Like, it... It's more or less just torturing them to see how long they can go until their uh, lungs give out. And then the scientists remove them from the water. And it's, like, the hardest thing to watch. You're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. You, you realize you're yelling at an animated movie. Um, anyway, they eventually escape in there. They almost get incinerated. Uh, and then it ends. Hey, I'm going to not watch that. I would highly recommend you... I'd rather watch Shane Silent Bob I would, reboot. I would highly recommend you never watching that movie. Just Correct. Just say. I'll keep it that way. Yeah. You don't want to like kids' movies anyways. <laughs> Yeah, sorry we've been going so long. This is a a lot that we've been talking about with uh, what we watched recently. So, uh, what else did you watch? All right, I can skip a couple and just get to them next week since we're already an hour in. Yeah. So, one I want to hit on. So, you might remember last year we saw it, Chapter Two. Oof. Yeah. And then Doctor Sleep came out, and we had that moment of like, does that say two and a half hours? Yeah. That Go was, fuck yeah, yourself. Sorry, something. We've been burned once already. I really, really liked it, like a lot. It finally came out. I watched the fucking director's cut. I watched three hours of pure uncut King. I could have watched the fourth. I really, really liked it. Oh, uh, really? Turns out Mike Flanagan is good at making movies. My biggest problems with Doctor Sleep are problems with the book because those are some weak ass villains in that book. Yeah, he's so like, like it could have been better, but also knowing that like Stephen King has to sign off on that script, you're like, well this is the best we're going to get out of that book. And I really dug it. Like, having to balance, like, a marriage between the the Shining novel and the Shining movie and the Doctor Sleep book, like, having to manage all that together, I fucking, I really liked it. That's... I was very surprised. I'm I'm glad that you did. 
I actually haven't read the book yet. Um, do you know if you're fine? Do you know if Josh has read it? I don't think I asked him about the Stephen King thing, and he said he was reading all the Dark Towers because uh, his brother wanted him to. Yeah, that makes sense. And that is that's a commitment. So yeah, it'll take him some time. I think he was going in order for the most part. I read Doctor Sleep when it came out, like twenty thirteen. Right. Yeah. It was not very good. Okay. It's so you think maybe the movie was better? Oh yeah. Oh, there we go. Stephen King just God, he's so fucking bitter about that movie. Like, the, like The Shining is one of my favorite books. I get why he doesn't like that movie. But also, if you ask anyone on Earth about The Shining, the first ten things they're listing are from that movie. Like, fucking get over it, man. Except for Josh. Sorry. Hedge <laughs> <laughs> animals. Fuck yourself. <laughs> Suck ass. You know, I was very pleasantly surprised. There we go. I'm, gl- I'm glad that you liked it. I, I put on a three-hour Stephen King adaptation of a book I did not like very much. And, uh, you know, that should bite me in the ass. Because it has every other time. You escaped with your ass intact. Lucky you. Uh... I'll make up for it some other week. Yeah. I just, I fucking still see that I haven't watched the Shining TV series that I made you watch. It's coming. I'll wait, pay for it sooner wait, or later. Wait, you're going to watch it? I assume you uh, I'll sign it to you. It eventually. Yeah. I mean, I figured. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't. That was, I did not realize that was a three-night miniseries. I felt so Fucking bad. movie, man. I felt so bad. Holy shit. Not bad enough to tell you not to watch it, though. Oh, man. It sucks so hard. <laughs> I'll make you watch. I'll tell you what. I can condense it down to uh, about thirty minutes. Nostalgia critic did a review of it, and you can watch that. Fuck no! I'll watch the four-hour <laughs> version. Kiss and kissing. That's what I've been missing, indeed, Chris. Uh, <laughs> he makes a joke about Miley Cyrus in that review. <sighs> it's worse than anything in Plague Dogs. <laughs> I'd rather be drowned with those dogs than watch him talk about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Oh my god! Isn't it epic? I truly hate him. All right, well, you watch anything else? Let me see. I'll do. Okay, I'll do three more. Okay. okay so I watched a movie called Climax by one Gaspar Noé. Okay, can I? Who does? Absolutely. Yeah, I just want to ask: Is this that movie where they dance around on acid? Buddy, oh, it sure is. That was like among my most hated trailers. Rebecca Clark, if you're listening, I know you're probably not. Uh. That was one of the ones where I watched it with... I didn't watch the movie, but I remember when the trailer came on. I was seeing it at the Alamo with her. And I slid down to my chair, which is a universal sign of... Ugh. <laughs> Gaspar Noe makes a lot of movies, you know, that people just love. Like, Irreversible. Oh. Just movies that are very well made, but you will never watch again. So yeah, about halfway into this movie, there's a group of dancers. And they're drinking. They realize, like, hey, something's wrong with this drink. I feel real fucked up. And then from about the halfway mark to the end of the movie, it's presented as like a 42-minute one-shot. Like, obviously there's a couple cuts, because it's fucking 42 minutes. But it is the most accurate depiction of a bad trip I've ever seen in my life. Like, things get so bad so fast. It's just this non-stop fucking cavalcade of neon lights, dance music, screaming, people are freaking... It's... unpleasant but in the ways it's supposed to be yeah it sounds really bad can i get back to jay and silent bob reboot for a second yeah i want to talk about okay so here's the thing you smoke weed right you can it's okay you can tell bro snoochy boochies i will not answer the cut or uncut question (laughs) (laughs) that was too (laughs) bad could just lie i didn't care uh it was a (laughs) uh yeah that's what they all say (laughs) 
Wizards. Uh, I know you. Yes, I know no. you and Alex both smoke weed. Uh, both Alexes smoke weed. Here's the thing. Uh, after watching Jay and Silent Bob reboot, I think smoking weed is the lamest shit in the world. I'm not. Going it to turns apologize. out when you're a 40 year old man and you become a stoner, <laughs> and you're, as your midlife crisis, fucking sucks, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess, man. But like, I don't know. I feel like maybe. I don't care. It's just that's the thing. Is like after watching the movie, it's just like, oh, weed culture sucks. How come I Chris, like I have the to first get to sleep uh, somehow. Cheech and Chong movie? <laughs> that's a very good question. Oh, Why do you? That movie fucking rules, dude. Because you're 75 years old. It's fine. It's, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The silent generation. Finally, I get a voice. <laughs> so yeah, climax. Just a fucking waking nightmare. I have never. Sorry. <laughs> fantastic movie hope i never see i just it again remember seeing that part of the trailer where uh the woman's like uh uh what is uh what is dancing for you she's like say two which means it's all it's everything for me uh and then it cuts to like all the dancers and they they all like sort of join together to form one like big body dancing around i saw that i'm like oh jesus fucking christ this is why it's very impressive this is why because <laughs> that was also dancers that was like a 13 minute long take. It was very impressive. Fuck that. Jesus. And then it turned into a living nightmare. Get a real Again, job. Very well done. Like, it had a goal and it achieved it in like the most perfect way possible. I hope to God I never see it again because Jesus Christ. If you're listening Just to this. fucking so stressed. If you're listening oh to God. this and you want to go to college to be a professional dancer, don't. Don't do that. Get yeah, a real major. Probably don't. Okay? Major in communications. <laughs> We need more women in STEM, folks. Yeah, we, also, we need women listeners. Yeah. Tell your sisters. Please, God, we need listeners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else we watch? Sorry. Okay, I rewatch your next. Hey! Best movie yeah. ever. Love it all my heart. Still so, so good. So, after Girl. having seen it a couple times now, do we like immediately focus on that, uh, I guess we can call her the final girl? Absolutely. Because like, now your eyes sort of start... To, I mean, the, I know the first time I was sort of focusing on every character, like, oh, who's going to be the person who knows what they... Oh, okay, she is this time. Now I'm going to like focus on her for like a little bit, about the, like, the way she moves and everything. Because I, I do like how her backstory is revealed as you sort of go along. You're like, I don't know, I really like that character. I like all the characters in there. It's really funny. I like when she like will delve into her backstory and just the other characters will give looks like, well, this wasn't supposed to be part of the equation. <laughs> like, well, fuck. Now what... You brought over a woman that could fucking build traps. Like, thanks for nothing, man. Oh, boy. She would be well at home with Fred Jones. I'm still watching Mystery (laughs) Incorporated. I fucking love that show so so much. It's real good. Yeah, if you haven't seen your next and you're listening to this. What are you doing? What are you you even doing? That's one of those things that's like I try to make. If you could recommend one movie, uh, you know, one cut of the dead. But seriously, it's your next. Look, you have a lot of homework this week, but just just do it. You'll be happier. Okay. So I have two movies that are kind of a package deal here okay cut so as you know no (laughs) (laughs) so you know i've been going through like all the godzilla movies and i'm almost done chris what if i was to dip my toe into the world of king kong let us travel oh the look on my face (laughs) the magical year of 1976 with dino de laurentiis's king kong so you didn't watch the 1933 one the actual king kong (laughs) I watched that last oh, okay, year, no, and no, the no, sequel, no, Son no, of no. Kong, which came out the same oh, year. Yeah. Turns out, not good when you do that. <laughs> no kidding. So here's the thing about this movie. The entire hype around it, the entire build-up, like, holy shit, guys, this movie. It was, like, the most expensive movie at the time. 
They that we built this forty foot tall mechanical King Kong animatronic. When you see King Kong, it is the biggest robot ever fucking built. This marvel of modern science. It it even won the Oscar for like best effects, best visual effects. The first year they called it that. Right. Like it was the biggest thing in the world. That robot is on screen for less than a minute, and every other time, it's fucking Rick Baker in a goddamn monkey suit. <laughs> I am not even joking. Every time you see him, like, oh, don't get me wrong, it's a good mask. There's a lot of articulation in that face, but like, that's clearly a man in a suit rotoscoped onto the background. Oh my god, forty damn feet, and they use it for a minute <laughs> for one shot. It looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> the most just dog shit rear projection. Because this is the problem with this. Like, the Toho suits, like, all those Kaiju movies, like, they look cheap and shitty, but, like, that's the charm to them. It's also like, that being it's, like, able it's to see corporeal. The you know that if he breaks a building, it's falling, and you can't just, like, you can't, like, oh, we'll re-render it so it's back in there, you know? You, someone has to rebuild that shit. Yeah, doing just absolutely heinous green screens is not nearly as fun as having a guy in a suit that's literally falling apart tripping over fucking landmines like it's not the same it never will be so this movie's two hours long oh god we don't see kong until the 50 minute mark what no okay and here's the thing chris it's more of a love story it's a romance think beauty and the beast it's not an action adventure movie the most expensive movie of its time two hours long not a goddamn dinosaur to be found on that island chris fucking mothra movie he fights one snake, which is the worst snake puppet I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Looks hor- looks like a child in a fucking store with a stuffed animal like, wrestling it around. It looks horrendous. Oh, it's pretty boring. Oh we get to the end. Instead of the Empire State Building, he climbs the World Trade Center. Because that's bigger. We gotta go bigger oh, and better. Yeah. These helicopters shoot the fuck out of him like he is just pouring blood it is so upsetting for this pg rated movie that ape gets fucking quadruple murdered he is sent to the shadow realm falls off the top of the world trade center jeff bridges looks sad jeff bridges with like the greasiest 70s activist hair and beard it's real powerful that monkey dies it's heartbreaking 10 years later king kong lives one of the worst monster movies I've ever seen. In oh my, my life. god, that says a lot. You and I have between us seen, I think, every monster movie ever made. This movie came out in 1986. If you'd put a gun to my head, I would be like, oh, like 77, 78. Oh, that's how it old just it looks? looks horrendous. 1986 was one of the best years for movies, by the way. Yeah, like these are the shitty. Like the suits look worse than the movie from a decade oh, earlier. God. I say suits plural. We'll get there. So here's the thing with this. So uh, they wanted to do a sequel because one made a shitload of money and won an Oscar. So this guy writes a script. It's written kind of tongue-in-cheek, almost like a comedy. You know, some jokes in it. And Dino, Dino DeLorean just looks at it and goes, oh my god, this is beautiful tragedy. So that thing is directed deadly serious. Every performance deadly fucking serious yeah. not a wink or a smile everyone is as grim as possible no. so just start with that you might remember I mentioned that our friend Kong was fucking ganked by helicopters <laughs> and fell at the World Trade Center 
But, uh, you know, he's actually survived somehow. So Dr. Linda, Linda Hamilton's on the case. What? 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 And over what? the span of a decade, they build an artificial heart for him. Uh, but here's the problem, Chris. They can't do the heart transplant. He needs a blood transfusion. That would take a tremendous amount of blood, I think. Chris, where would you find blood for a blood transfusion for King Kong? Hospital. What a coincidence. Uh. Another Kong has been found, Wait. and this one's a woman. Is her name Queen Kong? No. Incorrect. No. She's just Lady Kong. <laughs> fuck you. Ladies, if you're listening, you're all queens. Yeah, is this, is this Kong uh, bothering you? <laughs> so this big, shitty-looking fucking ape costume sitting on an operating table with a tube in its Please mouth is treated Please tell me that with... she's got long eyelashes and lipstick and a bow in her hair like Miss Pac-Man. Oh no, she just has tits. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> Him on that operating table and this Lady Kong with tits is treated like the most <coughs> fucking serious thing on the planet Earth. No one ever looks at the camera and is like, oh wow, what are the odds? There's another one. No, it's, oh my god, we found one. We have to get her here as soon as possible so we can replace his heart. And they put this big fucking crank to fake heart in Kong. Oh. So he's revived, right? Yeah. But you know, the thing with that, like, if you have heart surgery as a person, like, you can't get too excited. You know, it'll kill oh, you. Yeah. So they have to put Lady Kong far away. But he can still smell it. The pheromones, Chris, they get to him. And he starts freaking the fuck out. And he breaks out and goes on a rampage, breaks her out, and they go off to the island together. <laughs> Where we get the scene of King Kong courting the Lady Kong. So you're just watching two dudes in unbearably shitty gorilla costumes <laughs> flirting with each other. <laughs> The military. Wait, you're sure this one wasn't good? Oh, buddy. Like, if it was even a tiny bit campier, but everything is so deadly serious. No. The middle of the movie is so fucking boring. (laughs) I'll just get to the end. Like, Kong goes on a fucking rampage at the end of this. Like, he straight up rips a person in half, like, bends them like a fucking Slim Jim, bites another one's head off. He gets gunned, just shot to shit. We got tanks, we got the whole army. He's just getting lit the fuck up. But he's able to drag himself away long enough to see that Lady Kong has given birth. Uh, and he's able to reach out and touch his little baby Kong right before he dies. Uh, it is played as the saddest fucking Schindler's List thing. <laughs> Lyndall Hamilton's in tears. It is oh God. dire. Oh my shit. That big fucking animatronic monkey head with a single tear falling down its face as he holds this little person in a monkey suit (laughs) jesus oh my god i have seen some shitty movies but goddamn like oh my it is i would i wish i could recommend it for because it sounds like a fucking hoot (laughs) it's so goddamn boring like i truly dino de laurentis if you're listening you're a real one you're a king Dino's his fucking oeuvre of movies is so powerful. Yeah, I can't believe Fred just handing blank checks to fucking Stephen King. I'll make Flash Gordon. I'll do my own Star Wars. Ah, I'll make Orca. I'll do my own Jaws. Hey, Stephen, do you want to direct your fucking trucks book? Like he's just so powerful. I think isn't he the one who helped uh, get funding for the Evil Dead? He did a lot of yeah. it. I think he did. He's, he's involved in a lot. He has his fingers in a he, lot of pies. He's involved in... Oh, yeah. buddy. You don't Perhaps even I should not have phrased it that way. Yeah, it is 
the most self-serious thing I've ever seen in every traumatic scene is two people in gorilla suits. <laughs> like, those apes fuck off screen. And Linda Hamilton and the dude see it, they're like, say. And then they fuck each other. What? And then this unleashed a memory from my childhood. Because I remember I rented one of these movies as a kid. I could tell you anything about it. There's a fucking nip slip in this movie. What? Like, a real legitimate, just full-on titty on screen. I was like eight years old, just wanted to watch a King Kong movie. I was like, is that, is that a boob? Mom! I don't know. <laughs> Linda Hamilton's titty is in this shitty King Kong movie that you cannot find. You can't find it on Amazon. I tried. It's on YouTube. You can buy it used for like $90 if you want. I found it through other means. Oh. But like, this movie barely exists. And, man. Wow. I would say check it out, but it that, is so I kind of sounds like one of those you gotta see it to believe it sort of movies. I will never see it again as long as I live, but it's up here in the old noggin for the rest of time. I, I don't even know how to consider that. Is that your main feature? It sure is. Oh, boy. <laughs> I watched Feel a Day, then that, and then Time Cop. That was my Tuesday. Oh, boy. Talk about a roller coaster right there. Oh, I went through a lot. <laughs> then I ate those nachos, and you know what? Man. It's a good day. Some good looking nachos, aren't they? Yeah, I want some. All right, let's talk about time cops so we can go eat nachos. Yeah, sure okay. <laughs> so, uh, time cop, a movie about a time cop. It stars Jean Claude Van Damme. You should not need anything else, but if you did, this movie was uh, produced by Sam Raimi and Rob Tapper. Ladies and germs, Absolute right, right as soon as you see those names next to virtually any product, you know that you're going to be in for rip-roaring good time. And no sooner do we see their names than we see the greatest opening to perhaps any movie ever. And we have seen a lot of really strong openings for movies, but this one, this one might take the cake. <laughs> like, imagine... Okay, so put yourself as a kid. You're in the video store. You see Jean-Claude Van Damme's face. The movie is called Time Cop. Obviously, you're renting yes. it. That's not even up for discussion. So you go home. You got your Twizzlers. You got your popcorn. You got your big old soda. Just happy as a pig and shit. You put it in. This movie opens in 1863 in Gainesville. There's Confederate troops just riding along on horseback. And some dude in a sick duster is like, Hey, y'all should probably give me that gold, huh? Like, nah, we're not going to do that. There's five of us. Like, you guys should really give me that gold. They're like, nah. He's like, all right, well, check this shit out. And just pulls out two submachine guns and wastes all of them. They're, like, futuristic. I'm pretty sure they have lights on them. He pulls out fucking quake guns and just <laughs> wastes all five of them to take their Confederate gold. And then that's how it, like, that's the cold open. Like, that that's... is immediately standing up. Doing a twelve-minute applause break at the Cannes <laughs> Film Festival, like, like even if it's like even if you look online and this movie had like one star, out of respect for that opening, you have to. The best it. part is those are Confederate soldiers, so you know it's the bad guys. So I think exactly. one of my th favorite things about it is if you had just had that scene and submitted it to the Academy Awards today as like best live action short, they would retroactively award it best live action short because you have to. It's better than whatever it's... that fucking Obama one was. Thanks for nothing. Like a, imagine if you were just flipping through channels and didn't know what this was. You just like sort of have it on in the background, like oh, I like you know historical period dramas. What? <laughs> Is this that Matthew Broderick movie? Like holy shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Can you imagine Rich Evans watching that scene? Oh my god. <laughs> I was. <laughs> it was Rich Evans in that moment. I've seen it before okay. and I was still just like leaning forward like, he's gonna fucking yeah. do it. He's gonna fucking so, do it. Do you remember uh, that, that little cartoon show Time Police or whatever? It was Buddy, like Cartoon Network. If you think I don't remember Time Squad, Time Squad. you're out of your goddamn yeah. mind. I remember that vaguely. Uh, not like super strong, but I knew it was. Exi- I didn't watch enough of it. I guess. Anyway, uh, so we cut to President Wyndham Earl. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you. <laughs> that was bugging me the whole I time. I kept looking. I was like, Why did they just? Get, it's the Twin Peaks guy. What, what's he doing here? Remember the first time he appears in Twin Peaks? He's just like, I'm Wyndham Earl. You're just like, Oh shit! It's really creepy. And then the worst episodes are the ones that follow. And then David Lynch comes back. He's like, I don't really care about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking not do that. Every single person comes back in the return. Except for Nary a mention of Wyndham Earl. Probably because <laughs> he got time warped or something. I don't know. You get kicked into yourself. That's what happens. Well, let's not spoil anything yet. So, uh, we cut to... He has some guy come in and tells him, okay, so time travel is possible. Wyndham Earl says, okay. And uh, he's like, well, we need a lot of money. Why? I'm like... Okay, so he asked a question about that. He's just totally fine with the fucking time travel as possible. He's like, okay, so we need to find a way to... Yeah, like, yeah, time travel. Okay. Why you want me money? <laughs> you have to fucking what? I have to admit, I was not happy with that actor making fun of your voice. Because... Yeah, it was very upsetting. I didn't care yeah, for it. Yeah, I, I mean, there's one thing about being seen, but not mocked. That's that's not cool, okay? You know, imitation is the sincerest form of Yeah, that, well, they say that, but this... I mean, now I guess now you know how it feels like when Hattie McDaniel didn't get invited to the Academy Awards for Gone with the Wind. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless. After watching Loquisha, I can make that joke. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Go, won't get broken, Dean. 1940s Oscar. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, Black Eye comes in there and tells him time travel is possible when the world says it's okay. And then he says, we're going to need a time section of the government that monitors time and stops people from going back and landing on the moon before we do, because god damn it's ours! Uh, I love that that's their pitch, is like, what if those fucking Iraqis got guns? He's like, oh shit, we need time I cops. think my favorite that's thing is he's takes. like, he's telling us like, well, the American economy, is that's what people care about. I was like, okay, how do I put it to you like this? What if someone goes back in time and steals all of America's gold? He's just like, what? Me gold! (laughs) (laughs) You can't take me doubloons! (laughs) Meanwhile, it's like, we have to protect America, so here's our best cop, American man. (laughs) Fucking Jean-Claude. I I have to admit, one of the other ones is, I'm pretty sure the pitch he leads with is like, what if the Chinese got access to a time machine and went back in Say no and more. went back in time and landed on the moon before we did? And I have to admit, Windemarle does say, "I don't care," and uh, <laughs> which is pretty much uh, the, the exact reaction that was from uh, Austin Powers. Would you miss it? <laughs> he doesn't care, but Senator Bob Evil's about to flip that fucking table yeah. over. He is living. Yeah. <laughs> Senator Bob Evil. They're gonna do what on yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's oh, like he shit. says that, and you have to admit. That would probably be the first thing that you'd tell President Donald Trump. Be like, what if someone else landed on the moon before we did? You know? Uh-huh. Wouldn't be like, America's if not we great, we don't huh? get to the forest mood of indoor, it's just going to be overrun. Yeah, it's just not fair. So. That'll be $100 trillion, sir, please. Sir, it would be very unfair. So, Sir, with all due respect, sir. sir. respectfully, sir. sir. How dare you, sir? I disagree. <laughs> Gosh. 
shout out to like just the pacing of this movie. Yeah. Just incredible opening scene. Like, okay, here's all the exposition. Yeah. Here's how it this happens. is. Okay, on to the next scene yeah, now. There, Fuck you. There's a go. scene that's coming up pretty shortly where it's just like, okay, it just happened like this, and you're fine with it. So we cut to. Uh, hey, uh, we found time travel. Here's the rules whoa, of time travel. Whoa, whoa, if you go whoa, back, whoa, you whoa, might whoa, change whoa, the past. Whoa. All right, on to the next. We have to talk <laughs> about his really, really pretty wife. She is so pretty, isn't she? Yeah. Sloan Peterson, if you can. Oh read this. man, she, that Please was Sloan Peterson. Sure I never was. read the credits. Uh, all right, yeah, boy, isn't she pretty? Sorry, I just want to say that. Uh, hey, like uh, that girl from. Uh, are, the, are these guys from? Kind of, kind of reminds me of uh, Shin Godzilla. She was. Uh, anyway, you cannot do this every episode. <laughs> Sorry, Sloan go back Peterson, in time and fucking delete that. Sloan one. Peterson on the cover of the uh, of the slideshow. Anyway, uh, I, I want to talk about the way that we were introduced to uh, our our lead character Jean Claude Van Damme, who plays Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, he, oh. he says, uh, "There's never enough time." She's like, "Never enough time for what?" He says, "Never enough time to satisfy a woman." Can we just agreed, guys, fellows? We're all in agreement here. Just, hey. He, you in the back row. You, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he laughing because he knows. <laughs> oh, hello. I am American cop Max Walker. I, yeah, go fuck yourself. So here's buddy. the thing. They get like some of the best one-liners all in this scene. Uh, that guy steals a purse and he gets a full face of Jean-Claude Van Damme crotch. <laughs> he so sticks his also, boot right in his face and he says, read between the lines. Uh, which I thought that was a pretty good line, actually. <laughs> That's I actually time copped myself. That's me on the roller skate stealing that purse. <laughs> I have to admit, he <laughs> looks so it. casual just skating away from her. It's just like, was that a thing back in the eighties? I think it was a thing back in the eighties. Was roller skating? No, that was this came out in ninety four. Really, so never mind. I really love that. Like half the people in this movie just dress just like whatever, just wearing clothes, oh, and yeah. then the other half were just goons <laughs> with the most fucking talk about Schumacher Batman dress I've ever. We seen. We gotta talk about the henchman's hair. Parker, I'm t- I just want to talk about the henchman that has the two hoop earrings in the one yeah, ear. Yeah, okay. Real king so Parker, shit. you've got longer hair than either me or Alex. Either Alex, actually. I, what is it like having that much hair and that much heat? It's uh, not great. <laughs> as it turns out. But, uh, you know, look, I turned 30 this year. I'm going to write it out while I'm There you it. go, yeah. All it takes is one morning to wake up and go, oh, no, yeah. it's starting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is it. This is the big one. So uh, after he sends that guy in this merry way, uh, I, I guess he retrieves the purse for the little old lady. I don't remember him returning it. Uh, he says to Sloan Peterson, object of my desire, uh, that guy uh, <clears throat> that guy read my mind, which he has one of the best responses I've ever heard. With your English, he'd have to. Uh, that's <laughs> actually really fucking good. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I, I happen to like that a lot. Uh, they go home. They have an extremely graphic sex scene. I, you know, we're like five Confederate soldiers got shot. Someone explained time travel. He used a fucking shoe to like stop thwart a robbery, and then just a passionate midday fuck with candles they, lit. They fucking have their legs wrapped around each other. Logistically, I don't so know how it works. He's got like a double grapevine on her, and she's just like gonna put him in a sleeper with her titties. It's tap a snap, tap a snap. <laughs> Fucking, there's so much thrusting. I know, that's what makes it so upsetting. He's sitting on her <laughs> lap. Theme. There is so many movies, now that I piece it together, there are a lot of movies where he, ha- he has to be writing in like, oh, I get a love scene with a female. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is this? This has to be his idea. Who's pitching like, 
Yeah, this movie's about time travel. So what if you just bang it out? Yeah, that's like the first what? thing they do. And anyway, he has to go into work. He's got to leave because he has to go into work. It kind of reminds me of Maniac Cop. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Man. Speaking <laughs> of movies, I want to yeah, watch. that's the near future. Uh, oh, the captain's really riding my ass to <laughs> Oh, you're right, Max. So he, Max Walker? Uh, he's John claude Van Damme as far as I'm concerned. So he leaves the house, and as soon as he leaves the house, he gets fucking clocked. Uh, and his wife gets, I guess, killed, and he decides, oh, I'll be a time cop. <laughs> that house fucking explodes yeah. with them all still in it? Question yeah, mark? I don't know what they were thinking when they did that, but he becomes a time cop, and that's the important thing. So he goes on to exactly. uh, Time Cop Corps. And uh, he's now a time... And they just sort of make him that... Wait, 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 wait. No, that's not how they introduce it. Let's let's be real. The movie jumps back to 1930. Uh, and then they have like this... It's <laughs> yeah. all Great Depression era. And the guy comes in and he's like... This is another really good one-liner. So apparently they've had uh, this really tall building. I guess it's a stock exchange or something like that. Uh, they've had a number of jumpers. A lot of people killed themselves from the top floor. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting about this is I watch a lot of movies from the 1930s, the greatest generation, and uh, you don't see that that kind of blood or violence or anything because they had the Hays Code. And to see a body with that much blood in the 1930s, it's, it's just really interesting to me. And also the guy does say, shit happens at that point, which is a phrase from, you know, the 90s. I'm like, oh, that is interesting. It's a little clue, you know. I... Ah, talk to yeah, the hands. You, <laughs> you get a raging clue later on when he starts listening to oh, uh, heavy metal with his headphones. But it does... Um, I get a raging clue when he does the splits on the oh, counter, but we'll talk about yeah, that later. First of all, I want to talk about a lie that's it's very brief. It's one of the darkest jokes I've ever heard. Uh, he gets into the elevator with the... Um, uh, so, uh, Porters, it's ringing up the. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of aspects. Legitimate of the 1920s. position that you know pay for his you know his family and stuff. Anyway, uh, he says to him, "Boy, sure are a lot of jumpers." He's like, "Oh yeah, man, it's crazy." He says, "Like oh, any more of them, and you'll be out of a job." He says, "Well, only going down." <laughs> That's good, man. such a fucking good line. <laughs> it's so uncalled for. It's like. The meanest thing ever. I think it's only going down, sir. Like, you fucking salute him afterwards. <laughs> That's like the <laughs> darkest joke I think I've ever heard in a movie. I was dying. Anyway, he goes into his uh, goes to his office, starts listening to Crocus. And, uh, well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if it actually was Crocus. Might as well, but. Out of all the joke names I wrote down, none of them were funnier than Crocus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you write down Dokken or Iced Earth? Yes. <laughs> wrote down Dokken, Wasp, and Jackal with a Wasp. Don't worry about it. It's all, all right. Yeah, so he's rocking a crocus and uh, he's circling stock exchanges. <laughs> They'll be more popular in 50 fucking years, in 60 fucking years. <laughs> you guys might not be ready for this, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Fucking broken. <laughs> <laughs> they go in for this today. It's like, let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> A ballroom? What? Oh, I say. How perverse. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's just like walking down the street. It's like, oh, there's a new Chaplin film playing. And the man in the back said, everyone How rude. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess we found the uh, opening theme. 
Oh my god. There's no band you could have said that would find it. Crocus. Fucking stupid. I'm sorry. You have one song that's done better by fucking T or career. Nice career, dick. Crocus. <laughs> I'll keep it all of this. I'm cutting everything else on this. I'm keeping Crocus. We got a lot of Truman to do with this state. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Croak is on floppy disk, by the way. Go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> oh, wait, all right, that's going in the, in the, in the studio. Oh, Croak shit. <laughs> sign Crocus poster. <laughs> You're going to get that. Put it next to the jazz singer. Am I seriously going to go to I, the iTunes store and just buy Crocus's albums? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> It's a buy one song, get entire catalog free. <laughs> it costs more to pay for the bandwidth it takes to it's download. It's the definitive collection, Parker. Okay, so... <laughs> okay, so after that guy's done <laughs> listening to Crocus, uh, who should materialize in his room? There's no other way to describe it, but uh, now a mulleted uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dude, the reveal of him just fucking entering like a Capri Sun commercial with that hair <laughs> and that jacket. Oh, boy. This movie's asking you to take in a lot this, in the first 20 this minutes. This movie jumps. <laughs> this movie absolutely it's, jumped in the Surprise, movie. motherfucker. That's what I look like now. And when he comes in there, it's like, oh, you're going to have to come with me and, I don't know, face justice or something. Uh, and the guy's like, no. And he calls it his security, which <laughs> gets into like the same stance that the, the lead actor from Wild Men did when the woman said Bigfoot wasn't real. <laughs> He says, oh, I bought Fitzsimmons in 1896. Legs akimbo, winds up, oh, I'm going to bop you one, and then just gets karate kicked in the face. It's real good. Could have bop you one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is why you don't spar anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna go to that silent dojo Now I can't go I'm gonna bop everybody <laughs> It's like the fucking old school Guinness ad really Brilliant ones. He looks and sounds like that too And then just fucking winds up Like he's gonna fight Popeye Wait brother just Are you gets... telling me Don't fight Jean-Claude Van Damme for the future Brilliant <laughs> Hey, puppet pound, Mitch. <laughs> he just gets eats. He eats shit. He does not read between I mean, the I mean, lines. He gets the shit kicked out. <laughs> I mean, this is like one of those debates that we have about baseball. You know, if you bring like Babe Ruth back from 1912 and put him in today's era, all he would do is eat hot dogs and die at age 36. Uh, but like, that's like bringing one of those boxers from like the 1910s and fight fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, that man fucking does the Hawaiiana squares up and is not expecting that man to do the yeah, split. His, that his wait, whole brain wait, fries. You can kick. <laughs> I say, I want to American men were not ready to be kicked. Snidely Whiplash just eats shit so hard. So he gets bopped, and uh, the next guy comes in. The next guy. You kicked us already, you made my fucking Crocus records. Yeah. So the fucking guy just got to the solo. Okay, so the next guy comes in. I have to, I have to admit, I really like the. Uh, <clears throat> Thurston, something weird there. I, I have to admit, I do like his explanation. It's like, yeah, I watched Mike Tyson on TV. It's like, 
you could just say, I'm Jean-Claude Van Damme. And that's like all that I needed, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, hello, I do one-liners too now. Pow! <laughs> he has so many one-liners that all have the absolute worst delivery I've ever heard. <laughs> He takes the most unnatural pauses in the middle of the one-liner every time. I, that's one of those I things is for a major motion picture star, this dude never really bothered to learn English, did he? Like, his English yeah, is somehow but... worse than Iko Uwe's, and I love him. <laughs> but he does splits. Though. Yeah, he does. He does, he does twice a lot of splits. There's a lot of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme crotch going around. Uh, I, I saw the whole grundle, <laughs> but we'll get to it. Deep. Anyway, yeah, so he takes a guy out there and he more or less tells him, like, hey, uh, you can't just be going back in time to make a whole bunch of money out of the stock market. That's cheating. You can't just do that. So, um, you know what I would do? Actually, Parker, I, I want to tell you about my latest stock idea. This is a real thing, actually. Um, so me and my friends at work, we were talking about uh, the coronavirus. Believe it or not... The buying public is so stupid that uh, with the outbreak of the coronavirus, uh, this has driven down the prices of Corona, which is owned by Budweiser. So Budweiser stock is at a real low right now. It's also because Budweiser typically tanks in the winter. So I bought $1,000 worth of uh, Budweiser shares because, uh, A, the stock will rise as it gets towards the summer, so I can ca just cash out in July. Real smart move. Also, you may have heard there's a new Fast and the Furious movie coming out. So, that studio might be funded sooner than we expect. Oh my god, that's sweet, sweet Corona stock. Now, all we need is a rube. A real dumbass. Someone who yeah, will do... Other yeah, than me. Someone who will do anything we ask to just buy a whole ton of Coronas and send them up everywhere. We get viral marketing here. So what I'm saying is, if you could possibly message Josh and be like... <laughs> Hey, you know, Steven... No, trust me, man, it's real good value. <laughs> it's a yeah. good deal. So, uh, we're actually in on that. Back to... Man, Josh doing Uncut Gems is the thing I'm going to think I, about for a I, long time he, tonight. Oh my goodness. He would be so good. It's, except it's about Planning him getting it all free meals. Smash <laughs> be all, all about him getting free deals. Oh, I use this coupon at the Chick-fil-A, which gives me another coupon at Papa John's, which I then use at regular I got 16K John's. 16 k on me. <laughs> they don't know the difference. I just etched I out got the 16 k on Mewtwo King to two stock him in the third round. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking okay. about? And it, this is how you're I never going to believe this one. The first one that Peach is going to pull is going to be a babam. I swear to fucking God, right off the bat. Oh, she pulled it. Oh, we would have been fucked if that didn't happen. <laughs> it's just you and me trapped in that room watching him commentate Evo. Just unbuttoning our sleeves and everything. Just like staring at each other and swimming. Wombo combo, baby. That's what I'm fucking talking oh. about. 20k. Okay, so neither one of them chose Pikachu, but we're still alright. There's still a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, backdoor cover. Don't worry about it. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Refs, they're using items. Come on. He paused. He paused. That's a stock. That's a stock. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the stupidest fucking episode we've ever done. <laughs> so, back to Time Cop. In time Cop, this is where they go back to Time Corp, I guess. And he meets his boss, played by an actor. And uh, the actor more or less explains uh, what it is that time does. It's kind of a weird sentence. Yeah, there. you know, you can't change the past. Don't also, worry about it. Also, two bodies can exist at the same place at the same time. Also, Wyndham Earl is no longer president. So, two bodies cannot exist in my room at any time. <laughs> <laughs> the neatness. 
If you're going in, I have to... No, I'm gone. I'm gone. Climbing out the window like I'm that kid. Okay, no, I'll leave. I'll leave. Don't fucking touch me. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Give me the Pringles. Give me the... No, it's fine. You already touched them. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Game out here. Yes, I'll play on the Switch on the handheld mode like a fucking idiot. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, he beats... Was it Radon Chong or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. I'm not gonna look it up. Jason, <laughs> this too. Uh, We're never gonna regroup. This is the oh end. wait, we should also uh, mention that one of the guys in there is. Uh, there's a very brief callback to the Star Wars Holiday Special. Fuck yeah, me. no, we can't ever forget that dude is. Half of a normal. <laughs> Why are you doing it at work? I can understand the foyer, but <laughs> the actual best line in the movie is when they all walk in on him, and the captain goes, "If I catch you fucking this machine again, I'll break your neck." <laughs> and he is unfazed, like, "Oh, sorry, boss. You caught, caught me jacking again." <laughs> oh my god! It just—it is so blatant too. It's like nudity. Like, gee, thank you. We find it because it just jump cuts. Just some nude woman on a bed, and then we pan out to be like, it's a VR program. Like, movie, this is the second topless woman in the first half hour. In this movie about time traveling. And this movie came out a year after, I believe, a year after Lawnmower Man. Like, come on. (laughs) I don't know. I forgot what you That is a double feature. uh... That would absolutely fry your brain. Oh, it would just be unusable at that point. You gotta get a new one. Uh, get a fucking transplant like King Kong. <laughs> so like, we have to find the female Kong to get him a brain. <laughs> so, oh my god, he's been simping so long in the timeline. We have to find a female. A female simpian. <laughs> okay, so they go they go back in time to I don't even remember what they're fucking doing. Uh, they're they're looking. They do a bunch of the shaky face of the camera. That's your transition. Uh, they. I don't hate it, by the way. I do not hate that. They're just getting on that roller coaster car, <laughs> and their faces. It more. looks like. And that's how they end up. It looks past. like that uh, that little car that the guy drives from Space Mutiny. <laughs> 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 I mean, we didn't even mention that that banker dude, they fall out the window oh, together, they go him. back to the future, and they're like, hey, so you fucked up, and they just send him back into the middle of his free fall to die. Yeah, and he's uh, like, stand up for yourself, no, I was better off to just die. And did you see who was next on the docket? It's fucking Jet Li from The One. <laughs> oh my god. In this universe, you listen to Crocus. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, imagine Jet Li going back in time to fight guys from the 1800s. Oh my fucking god. Ah. Okay, we need an Indiegogo campaign. It would be so racist, but also so good. <laughs> oh, you can say that about a lot of stuff that we do. Okay, so uh, <laughs> That's Ray Don Chong and Jean-Claude Van Damme are looking for F. Murray Abraham. Sabi, if you've heard this one before. <laughs> so F. Murray <laughs> They own it F. Murray Abraham catches himself And almost touches himself And uh, they walk in on him And I guess at one point Radon Chong betrays Jean-Claude Van Damme for some reason Was I paying attention? I 
I almost rewound it, but I was like, it's I thought, all, it's yeah, all, it's, so, not to myself. it's called Time oh, Cop. It'll a, be it's fine. It's a time paradox or something. Anyway, so she gets killed, but then she's revived because she's at a hospital. He goes back to find her, and he goes back, and time fucked everything up. And the boss is surprisingly okay with him doing all this. I mean, he does not ask anywhere near enough questions. So he's just like, well, there goes my pension. <laughs> Sends him back in time one more time, one final ride. Doesn't even give him a roadie or anything. Oh, I got. Oh, I guess you got to go get your mojo back. Get on in there, sport. <laughs> All right, so he sends him back in time to get his mojo. Uh, wait, in in this time period, Sweet did ballroom blitz. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah. Okay, it's gonna be one of these. All right, I'll pluck it up on Wikipedia too, motherfucker. That's true. Sweet was in the they did the original version, then Crocus, and then Tia Carrera. <laughs> Wow, what a what a lineage! <laughs> <laughs> I like that the bit of character growth we get in this movie is Jean Claude Van Damme going home and then watching a whole movie is well, drinking and repeating the words, which is how I watch the Fast and Furious. Yeah, movies. which uh, <laughs> also uh, I think while he's in the hospital, he he checks his wife's pregnancy data, which I guess is just there. It's like ah, uh, she is pregnant. And uh, I can't do his accent. I am American cult. Yeah, I can admit I just can't do his accent. And she's like, oh, there's some proof that I existed in this universe. My blood should be over there. So he takes it and he puts it in a giant gorilla for some reason. And uh... <laughs> then he has to go back in time to help stop the yeah. androids. It's real yeah, fucking complicated. It's kind of weird. Anyway, the main focus of the movie is they want to stop F. Murray Abraham from... Uh... It's not F. Murray Abraham. Who is it? I don't know, but it's not every. Why do every I keep thinking that it is? Okay, I tell you what, let's let's look it up. Cutting everything. Else. I do enjoy that dude's performance because the whole movie just fucking talks like this. Son of a goddamn bitch! I'll break your fucking face against that window. That's a good point. Yeah, okay, he right, does man. talk like that. Hold up. I love I, his voice. Hold up, I'm looking it up. Ah, <clears throat> oh, see it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Wait, wait. That was Mia Sarah. That wasn't even Sloan. Oh, wait, it was Sloan Pearson, the name of the character in... Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm really bad at this. Okay, so Mia Sarah, I like her. And also... Oh, it's not important. I'm going to call him F. Murray Abraham. Uh, the guy who That's looks fine. like F. Murray Abraham is in this. And... I gotta be a fucking president. I'm gonna go back in time and shoot you in the yeah. dome. Uh, I, I feel so stupid. Well, yeah, it's F. Murray Abraham. <laughs> so they have to stop him from uh, getting a bunch of money and becoming a senator and then a president and because uh, he'll be bad. That is the only downfall of this movie is you have a movie where there's a police force that goes back in time and stops people from altering it and the plot is I'm going to go back five years and make myself rich. Like, But what if we went to the Kennedy assassination? I... I... Let's get fucking Parker. Weird. I agree. Uh, the the time movie with Bob Evil from MST did it better. So, oh my god, I can safely <laughs> say that has an easier plot to follow, even though that one's fucking obscure. To there are so many twists and turns. Yeah, there's a lot that's going on. Anyway, I have to admit it's one of those things where you ever read a book? And there's like there's a mystery that it no. <laughs> All right, how do I explain this to you? Okay, so in the movie, so uh, they they're called graphic novels, and you read them from right to left. Well, this one is based on a graphic novel. This is a dark horse comic book movie. So, sorry, yeah, what? this is based on a comic book. There's a comic called Time Cop, and you've it. never heard of it. So, all right, you keep yeah. talking. I'm going on Amazon. Yeah, uh, anyway. 
If you have a Comixology password, please send it to butts at terribleplay.net. Anyway, uh, he... Basically, at the movie, at some point, I I checked the the movie, the runtime was like an hour in, it's like, he's really just focused on saving his wife. I'm like, are you gonna get F. Murray Abraham at some point? Like, come on, what's taking him so long? Turns out, they're all connected. Uh, F. Murray Abraham comes to that little assassination of his wife, for some reason, and uh, tries to kill him there. But both F. Murray Abrahams come out, and uh, they try to kill him. And then Parker, could you please explain how our villain is dispatched? <laughs> well, you see, earlier, our villain's like, Hey, you're a fucking cop, you should be on Broadway kicking, son of a bitch. <laughs> so, in this moment of triumph, Jean-Claude Van Damme has passed bad guy in his arms. And then makes a pun about kicking, which is... I didn't even write it down because it's so fucking clumsy. Yeah. Like, it's horrendous. Kicks him full force into future bad guy. They collide. And then just morph into this giant CGI red monster I in the I was melt. very, very highly reminded of society. It's... Yeah. yeah uh, they shunt each the other. The bad guy shunted himself. <laughs> There was uh, unquestionably a spawn kill. This is the same thing that Id has been using ever since he killed the the final boss in Quake. <laughs> wow, get good, kid. Yeah, uh, you had to rocket jump to get to me? Fine. Okay, yeah, you need it. All right, whatever. <laughs> Campers, what are you talking about? Okay, so Shotty's up top. Uh, do you even know what a BXR? I didn't fucking think so. <laughs> it's called an SR-50. You can't do it unless you look that way. I, you you only got me that time because fucking Drew Barrymore was at my window bothering me again. All right, my hands are cold. It's hard to react fast. I'm sorry, you know. On a on a warm day, I'd fucking clown clown you so hard, dude. I wish I played Halo with you in high school. My rank. This is my fifth account. I have four other fifties. Okay, so don't even fucking talk to me. Do you even know what the fifty icon is? That's what I thought. Go back to the future, nerd. Anyway, he spawn kills the bad guy. And uh, if I could reference another movie that you and I both like, no, dude, let's go with a super mega happy ending. (laughs) His wife is still alive, and also they have a son. (laughs) Oh, my beautiful baby boy. Have we learned anything? Nope. Nope, not at all. So the world turned to the beat of just one (laughs) group. The act of traveling through time is you just appear like Alex Mack out of the ether. It's really good. Oh, I forgot. Can we also talk about, uh, well, I download Crocus, uh, about uh, the, the guy who gets his arm frozen off? Oh Yo, my god, thank you so much. Because I just looked at that. Because when I was a kid, if I had seen that scene, I would have been fucked up by it. That scene, it's like needlessly gruesome in this silly movie. Kicks the dude's frozen arm off and just knocks the guy over the railing kill. <laughs> and then she just looks back and goes, I should have said freeze. Oh, Jesus. The, the, Imagine not giving this movie six stars. I mean, that's the thing is like there's a couple moments where they just sort of give up on the puns. Like I mentioned the kicking one, which isn't even worth mentioning. Uh, there's a part, or the final one, where he kicks a guy off his roof and all he has to say is, Ooh, that's gotta hurt. Like, come on, you can do better than that. 
this movie's about time travel, and then the whole ending is just the fucking Myers house from Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> They're just fighting in this beat up old shitty two story. Yeah, house. exactly. It's like, you can do better than that. What are you guys trying to do also, here? Low-key best part of the movie is when they're trying to go back in time and the the guards are following him and they have their guns drawn and they activate the pod and the flames shoot out and just light these two stuntmen on fire for no reason. Good stuff, man. What a beautiful movie. So here's the thing about Time Cop with the ending is that it, he just comes back and suddenly life is great for him, but he doesn't remember anything that happened the previous days. And it's story is, I don't know why, it kind of just feels like replicas. Because there's, like, a lot of uh, downtime between there. He doesn't know what their conversation was. He doesn't know what's in the pantry. He doesn't know if the milk is expired. Imagine if he came home and he's like, he sees his wife's alive and he's so happy. He's like, oh, our son's in there waiting for you. And he walks in and it's that fucking robot in a suit. <laughs> oh, my God. So you can send anyone back in time. You can't just send yourself. You can also send others, too, right? What time period would you send Bigfoot? Can you imagine Bigfoot just said... I would just close my eyes and pick a number. I, I would send Bigfoot to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Can you imagine he's the one who's a Roman centurion who does that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He does like... And he opens his mouth jokes, instead of... All of them are insensitive. Instead of doing like the Squatch call, he just does like the, the John Wayne. Truly, this was the son of God, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> Moses walking down holding the tablets and also he's here the Lord is <laughs> and he's just gone and those tablets fall to the ground you say that but I, I got a no better one for Moses Moses is leading the Jews from uh, from Egypt as he's parted the seas and they're like oh, we've almost made it what something's chasing us <laughs> go back go back go back go back <laughs> <What the fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he was the last plague. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I miscounted. You should have marked your door and I got a squatch knocking, motherfucker. So that's what happened to all the firstborn sons. Squatch got them. She's getting yeeted by Bigfoot. He got all of them. Oh, oh man. Sasquatch and the amazing Technicolor. <laughs> but it's not just biblical times that we could send him back to. Can you imagine, like... Sasquatch uh, behind the picture of like that sailor kissing a woman. <laughs> I was gonna say Sasquatch in the picture of Dorian Gray, and I have a lot to think about right oh, now. Oh, enough about Alex G. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.